Wasn't that a beautiful song they sang? They blend together so wonderfully. And they're future sister-in-laws. And we are so thankful for this family of God that we have here in this church and all that musical talent we have. It's fantastic. Shall we just open in a word of prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we come once again with hearts full of joy and thankfulness that we can be here in the house of the Lord this morning. And we pray that you would have a message for us. We pray that we will have ears to hear and eyes to see the message that you have for us individually. Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit will take the words and multiply them like you multiply the loaves and the fishes and fill each person to be satisfied to overflowing this morning. And we pray, Lord, that you will indeed hide me behind the cross and help me, Lord, to trust you and that you will be glorified and that the message will go forward in power today by the Spirit of God. We just thank you and praise you in your precious name. Amen. Last time I spoke, I gave the message on new life in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, new things have come. And we are thankful for the new life that we have in Christ. And if you're here and you're saved today, you have a new life in Christ. And that life's not going to end. It's going to last forever in eternity with the Lord. And that's a great thing. But you know, there's more to the Christian life than just salvation. You can't just say, I've got my ticket to heaven and I can just sit back and take it easy? No. He has work to do in us. He has work to do through us. He wants to use us. And to do that, we have to be the Christians that he wants us to be. You know, he has a goal for you and a goal for me. And that goal is nothing short of being conformed to the image of Christ. Isn't that a lofty goal? When God looks down on us, he says, there's there's son. He's recently given his life to Christ. I see him in Christ. I see what he can be. I see his potential. I see all that he's going to do for me in the future. And that is the amazing thing about it. And I see him conformed to the image of my son. And I'm going to make him that way. And he goes through a process in our lives, sometimes painful, sometimes sorrowful, but he's doing it for his own use to make us vessels for him, to make us the Christians he wants us to be. And today our subject is spiritual maturity in Christ. Did you ever think of that? You know, when you're growing up and you hear the word mature, you think maturity, mature people, that's for old people. I don't want to hear about that. But really, the word mature has really not all that much to do with age, especially in the spiritual life. It has to do with our relationship to the Lord and how much we've grown, how much we've been used of God. He wants us to be mature believers. You can be young in the Lord but you can be mature in the Lord because as you've been obedient to him and surrendered to him and trusted in him, he's brought you along. And there's been so many times over the years we've seen older people not mature and we've seen young people very mature beyond their years. And that's what we want to be. We want to be mature beyond our years so that people will see Christ in us and we will have a strong spiritual foundation. The early apostles taught this in, in the word of God that And Jesus said it too. go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
That's the goal that they had to make everyone a disciple. Everyone perfect and complete in Christ. That's what Paul said in Colossians 1.28. He said, Him, that is Jesus, we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect or complete in Christ Jesus. You know, when, you, when God sees you, he sees you as perfect this morning. Complete, perfect. There is nothing that can be added to your salvation. You are saved and you're perfect sitting there today. And you say, well, you're not talking about me. I'm not perfect. In God's eyes, you are. And he's in the process of making you conform to the image of Christ. Yes, we're not perfect in ourselves. One day when we stand before the Lord, it's going to be perfection. But right now, he looks at us and he doesn't see any spot or wrinkle or any such thing. All because he sees us through the prism of Christ. And that's a blessing to us in our lives. May the Lord help us to be mature Christians. One thing that really blesses me in our church is we have a lot of mentors and a lot of people being mentored. And if you're a mentor and you're a mature Christian, you're, you're helping that younger one to become mature in Christ, to grow in Christ. And that's a fantastic thing, to be a mentor to young people. And if you're a father, you can be a mentor to your kids so that they can grow up to know Christ and to be like Him. I like the dictionary definition of the word maturity. It says the state or quality of being mature, being full-grown, ripe, or fully developed, being complete or perfect or ready. That's a good definition of a Christian, to be perfect, complete, to be ready, to be full-grown. And the Lord wants us to be mature Christians. And that's the description that he has for us. Please turn with me over to the book of Hebrews this morning. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. Book of Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. Just three verses we're going to read this morning from God's word. They're challenging verses and may they, they've challenged me. And may it help all of us to be challenged by his word today. Hebrews chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you've come to need milk and not solid food or meat. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the work of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food or meat belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. We're going to look at three things from this passage this morning. And they make up the acronym EAT. E-A-T. So hopefully that'll make it easy to remember the points. EAT. First is evaluate where we are with Christ. That's number one. Evaluate. Number two, apply the principles of God's word to our lives. That's the A. And then the T, teach others to follow Christ as well. So may the Lord help us to follow this point, eat, and may it be a blessing to our hearts this morning. First things first. When we come in the Christian life and we get saved and we go along for a while, we have to come to a time of evaluation. Because one day at the judgment seat of Christ, all of us are going to be evaluated. We're all going to go through the review process before the Lord. And he's going to look at what we've done for him. 
how we've served him, how we've grown in him, how we've been a blessing to other people. And so now what he wants us to do is he wants to evaluate where we are in our lives today. Evaluation. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes needs improvement. You know, they have that needs improvement. N-I. Needs improvement. You don't like to get that at work or you don't like to get it in school. Needs improvement because it means you're not there yet. But all of us as Christians aren't there yet. We're growing to maturity. But may the Lord help us to get there and to be a blessing to other people. Yes, we have a long ways to go and we're on the way. Notice what he says here to the first part of this verse 12. He says, for by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. What a challenge. What a rebuke to them. He's, in other words, saying to these Hebrew Christians, you should be further along than you are. You haven't grown very much. You haven't become mature enough. You're already tempted to want to go back to Judaism again. That's what he was telling them, basically, in this book of Hebrews. You've already forgotten that Christ is superior to Moses and to to the law and to all the rituals that they had in the Old Testament. He fulfilled all those things. And now you've come to a relationship with Jesus. And yes, there's persecution. Yes, there's hard times. But you don't want to go back. You want to go forward. You want to be mature. You want to grow. And all of us are in that stage of needing to grow in our Christian life. He, in effect, says this to them. Look where you're at. You should be teachers by now. You ought to be able to teach others the basics of the Christian life. But now you need to be taught the basics, the ABCs, as it were, of the Christian life. You know, a lot of times Christians come to church. They listen to the messages. They listen to the Bible studies. They love to come. But they don't go any further than that. They don't dig into the word of God. They don't become mature. They don't become mature Christians. And that's the sad thing about it today. We can ask ourselves, how mature am I in my Christian life? How much have I grown? I like it when kids grow up at the house. I remember doing it myself on the wall. Of course, I'm sure my mom and dad didn't like it that much. But you'd write on the wall how tall you were and you put a little mark. I'm right now I'm five feet tall. Then you go a little bit more and you grow more and you put another tick. How many ticks are on the wall in your spiritual life today? How far have you come? How far have you grown? Sometimes we rely a lot on Adel and Sylvia and they're a blessing. But God wants to use all of us in a special way. He's given us talents and gifts to support them and to serve with them. And that's their joy. You ask them what their joy is, is to see us walking with the Lord and serving him and growing to maturity so that we can shoulder the work in our lives as well. You know, sometimes I think Christians, we can sometimes waste days and weeks and years. And there was a song that one time said this, wasted years, wasted years. Oh, how foolish. As you walk on in darkness and fear, turn around, turn around. God is calling. He's calling to you from a life of wasted years. I hope none of us can say, Lord, I've wasted my years. I've wasted my years. Because even if you did waste those years, you can start right now today, get saved, walk with the Lord and serve him and become mature and grow in the Lord. It's never too late. It's a challenge for us because we can either use what God gives us or we'll lose it. That's where that expression comes. Use it or you'll lose it. But suppose I was to ask you today two things to do. And this was your assignment. You had two pieces of paper. And on one piece of paper, I was going to ask you, 
What would you write down to a sinner who needs to be saved? What would you tell that person? What, put it in your own words. And then that's, set that one aside. You've written that one. And then I'm going to give you another piece of paper and I'm going to tell you, okay, now you know a new Christian, somebody that just got saved. What are you going to tell them on how they can grow in the Christian life? What are the basics of the Christian life and the Christian faith that you can impart to them so that they can grow? Sadly, if you were to ask that in many churches around the world today and the United States throughout the world, you'd get a lot of blank faces and blank spaces. And I mean that. It's sad. Because a lot of Christians cannot explain the gospel to someone. They cannot tell a person how to be saved. They've been in the church for years and years. They can't explain it. It's sad. And then there's a lot of Christians that can't help a young believer to grow in their Christian walk. And so the Lord wants us to be mature so we can do those things, that we can serve him in that way. It's a challenge for our hearts because we've got to know the essentials, the fundamentals of the Christian faith. If we don't, we can't be a blessing. Reminds me of sports. They always emphasize the fundamentals, like in football, for example. And there have been a lot of football coaches in the NFL that have said, here we got this draft pick, right? First round, second round, third round, whatever it is. And they come in with such potential and they look so good on film. They don't know the basics. They don't really know the fundamentals. So they have to start them at square one and teach them the right way to block, the right way to tackle, the right way to catch the ball, the fundamentals. And I'm afraid that many people that attend churches today don't know the basics. And that's a challenge to us. Do we know the basics? And then beyond the basics, then we can know more and grow more in the deeper things of God that he has for us. I like what the Amplified Version, it's one of my favorite versions, says about this verse. It says, for even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, You actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word and have come to need milk and not solid food. What a challenge for these Christians. And it's a challenge for us as well. Notice he talks about milk versus solid food or milk versus meat. Now, we had two babies born here recently. We have Trey and we have Austin. And they're little babies and you're so cute and they're drinking their milk and you say they're growing up drinking that milk. But wouldn't it be sad about the age of 12 if they were still drinking only milk? That's all they had? They move on from the milk to eat the good solid food so they can have the nutrition to grow up and be strong like their parents. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to start with the milk, but he wants us to to mature by eating the meat, the meat of God's word. It's essential for maturing and growing in Christ. Now, Peter did say to, the, to his followers in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And there's nothing more exciting than seeing the enthusiasm of a new Christian learning the basics for the first time. It brings an excitement to us too because we're seeing that person do that. But there comes a time when you've got to add to your diet more than milk. And you've got to add the meat. So as someone said, eat the meat. Now, I read kind of a humorous uh, analogy here about this. The seven stages of man. So see if you can follow this. The seven stages of man. Stage one, milk. Stage two, milk and vegetables. <laughs> That's only stage two, brother. So by the end, you may not be saying yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. You'll like the stage three, though. Stage three, 
milk, ice cream, sodas, and candy. That's stage three. Okay, Bill's going to like stage four. Stage four, steak, Coke, French fries, ham, and eggs. That's stage four. That's a good stage. That's a great stage. Now, for you sophisticated people, notice first sta- uh, stage five. Frog legs, caviar, crepe Suzettes, and champagne. That's stage number five. Stage number six, milk and crackers. Stage number six, seven, milk. Milk to milk. You know, it's funny, but it's true. That's kind of the stages that people go through in their eating, from young babies up to very old people. But praise God, he's given us the meat of his word. And there's a lot of treasure in this word. And it's not on the surface. You can read the a surface reading of the Bible will bless your heart. But when you study it and dig for the treasures in it and look for the jewels in it, you will be so blessed and encouraged you cannot contain it. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be gold miners for the word of God. He wants us to study the word. That's how we become mature. And so that's our first point this morning. Evaluation. Where are we at with the Lord? How far have we grown? How much have we matured in Christ? That's the challenge. And all of us can say we need to grow more. All of us can say we need to mature more. I mean, I remember Roland Hill. He was 100 years old and he was preaching the word and he would be the first one to say, I don't know it all. And we won't know it all until we get to heaven. But let's dig for it. Let's search for it. Let's study for it so that we can be approved in God's sight. So that's the first thing. Eat. Evaluate the word, our position in Christ. Secondly, apply the principles of God's word. Notice he says in verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the work of right, word of righteousness, for he is a babe. What a challenge to us, to my heart this morning, to ask this question. Am I skilled in the word of righteousness? That's the other thing. You know, when you look at all the kids in Sunday school and how much they know about the Lord and about the Word of God, it's amazing. They are learning things in Sunday school in this church that's amazing. And sometimes they can know more than the adults. What does that tell you? Number one, we got a great Sunday school. Number two, adults, we got to get going too. We've got to get learning more because that's the challenge of it to become growing Christians, mature Christians. It takes a lot of hard work and effort. You can't be a sofa Christian and just sit back and say, well, I'm just going to sit here on the sofa and take it easy. No, if you want to grow and mature, it takes effort. You've got to read the Word and study the Word and pray and and seek God's best for your life. And it takes a lot of work. And so it's a process. We read the Word first. We meditate on the Word. We memorize the Word. And thank God for our Scripture memory class and Ron and all that he does for that. And most of all, we obey the Word and we apply the Word to our life. You know, it says in James, he says, don't be a forgetful hearer, but be a doer of the word. That's what he wants us to be, doers of the word. The Apostle Paul said to his son Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, let's turn to it, 2 Timothy 2.15, and I'm going to read it in the King James Version because I love how it's worded in the King James Version. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. Here Paul says to his son in the faith, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing 
the word of truth. I really like that in the King James Version because it shows study the word. Study to show yourself approved unto God. And when you think about Bible study, it takes time, it takes work, and it takes effort. And most of all, it takes desire. I think we get busy in life. We really do, and all of us do. We have jobs, we have hobbies, we have things going on with our family and all kinds of activities. But it should not, repeat, should not crowd out the time of Bible study, Bible reading, Bible meditation. And so many Christians have excuses. Well, Lord, I don't have time to read that much. The Lord shows us we do. We need to make the time for it because that's how we grow. That's how we mature. And that's all that's really going to count in eternity. It's not going to count anything else we do in this world other than what we do for the Lord. And then he says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And I thought, wouldn't it be sad when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we didn't know that much of God's word? Or... If you're in heaven and you're talking to the prophet Zechariah and he said, how did you like my book? How did you like reading my book? How did you like studying my book? You don't know about his book because you didn't read and study his book. That will be being ashamed too. And so we don't want to be ashamed there and we don't want to be ashamed here either. That's why we need to know the word. Have you ever had people ask you a question about the Lord or about the word of God and you didn't know the answer? Feels uncomfortable, right? You feel like, I should know that answer. And then you say, well, I'll go and get the answer, which is good. Don't try to fake it. You don't know the answer somebody asked you. Go and ask somebody that does and then bring them the answer and give them the right answer. But it should encourage us to know the word better so that we can be skilled in the word of righteousness and help people out with it and answer their questions. It's going to be very important. Now, Charles Spurgeon wasn't quite as... uh, easy on the people as we are in this day and age. I mean, he kind of just took the two uh, guns out and started blazing. Look at what he said. These were to the people, of course, in his day. He said this, Ah, you know more about your ledgers than your Bible. You know more about your day books than what God has written. Many of you will read a novel through from beginning to end. And what have you got? A mouthful of froth. When you're done, but you cannot read the Bible, that solid, lasting, substantial and satisfying food goes uneaten, locked up in the cupboard of neglect. he, He didn't mince words. He says, you've locked that Bible up in the cupboard of neglect. And I think, sadly, we do that sometimes. We really do. And it's a challenge to our life because this book is the key to our lives. All other books are subservient to this book. There are many good Christian books, devotionals and all the rest, but there's nothing that takes the place of God's word. We find in it everything we need. You know, my friend Greg that came last time, uh, I said to him, we were having a meeting on Thursday. You remember I met with him on Thursday and I said to him, Greg, have you ever prayed to receive Jesus into your life as your savior? And he said, no, I've never. uh, No, I haven't. He thought about that. I said, would you like to pray right now? And he said, yes. I said, you can either get down. I said, usually people get down on their knees. He got down on his knees right there in the conference room we were meeting at. Got down on his knees and prayed the prayer to invite Jesus Christ into his life. And I was so thrilled. I was so encouraged. And it just goes to show that we have to be ready for people. There's people out there that are hurting. And we need to tell them about Christ. And so we have to be prepared. How can you be prepared to share unless you know this? You've got to know God's word. You've got to know the truth 
of the Scriptures. One poet wrote it this way. He says, My pail I'm often dropping deep down into this well. It never touched the bottom, however deep it fell. And though I keep on dipping by study, faith, and prayer, I have no power to measure the living water there. You know, it's like the Word of God is like this long down deep well. You go down deep into the well and the more deep you go, the more deep you see you need to go. And it's that living water that gives us life and energy and encouragement in the Christian life. He doesn't want us to have excuses. Oh, I don't have time to read it. The Bible takes too long to read. Well, I found out some statistics on this. Listen to this. Half of the books of the Bible can be read in 10 to 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. And many of them can be read in less than 20 But we don't have time, right? Okay. The entire Old Testament and New Testament can be read aloud slowly and with expression in less than 71 hours. Wilbur M. Smith goes on to write, It will probably astonish many to know that one single normal issue of the Saturday Evening Post contains as much reading matter as the entire New Testament. Isn't that amazing? Thousands of people read the Saturday Evening Post through every week. The number of Christians who read the New Testament every week or even one book of the New Testament every week are so few that we need not talk about it. Sad. God wants us to be those who are skilled in the word, who are able to rightly divide the word of truth or handle it accurately. It's a big responsibility when you think that God has given us this book and he says you have to know it, live it, and then share it. That's a challenge. That's a challenge to us this morning in our Christian lives. But if you're a new believer, you are a babe. You're a babe in Christ and there's nothing wrong with that and you feed on the milk of the word. But if you've been a Christian for a long time and you're still a baby, you're still drinking milk, you're still in the high chair, you're still throwing tantrums, that's not a mature Christian. And you know, there's so many analogies when you talk about maturity because so many of us are not mature. We throw tantrums when we don't get our way. We get upset when we want something and we, don't, we want something and God gives us something else. We get upset when people say something about us. We get hurt. Maturity. It's, that's immaturity. And God says, I want you to be mature so that if somebody says something about you, you just take it to the Lord in prayer. You don't let it get you down. You don't go down for the count. May God help us to be mature. And you know, on Friday night, we were over at Mike and Ginny's and we have a great time there every Friday night. And we were sharing and Gina shared something and it just blessed my heart. And it was sad, but it just blessed my heart. She said she lost her job that day, lost her job. Her job was discontinuing. And you know what she said? She said she was not devastated by it. She says the Lord had been preparing her. He had given her promises. He had given her blessings. I had never saw a person so happy in losing their job. (laughs) Gina is a mature Christian woman. She has been taught since her young age, to handle these things so that when it comes, it doesn't devastate you. I mean, any of us could lose our job tomorrow. We could get into an accident. We could become disabled. But what matters is not those things. It matters our relationship to Christ, what's important. And the mature believer is able to deal with these things. That's what maturity is all about. Yes, we have to grow to maturity. And then finally... Once you have evaluated your life and once you have applied the word of God to your life and become a mature Christian, then you're ready to teach others. 
And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to reproduce ourselves in the life of others. That's what discipleship is all about. Spiritual reproduction. But notice what he says in verse 14. He says, but solid food or meat belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Here's the meat. You know, milk is good. Meat is better. And Adel and Bill have this raging debate between them all the time between meat, steak, and vegetables. And, you know, I love both of them. I'm running for sheriff. I like the meat and the vegetables. You know, I have no problem with that. But I do have a problem with Adel when he sticks to just vegetables only because the meat is so tasty. And the other day we went over to Mike and Ginny's that same night and somebody was barbecuing, right, Mike? And we smelled that delicious aroma of the meat coming. Have you ever smelled broccoli? <laughs> I'm sorry, I love broccoli. Ask Adel, I eat it every day, seven days a week almost. But the smell of broccoli does not smell like the steak. And it doesn't taste like the steak. And that's why the challenge is for us. Eat the meat. The meat of God's word. The meat of God's word. Yes, may God help us to be mature and to eat the meat of his word every day of our lives. Notice the benefits you get from it from this verse. He tells these Christians here that they are going to, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Look at that. That's the benefit of, of searching out and studying the word of God and becoming mature. You can see the difference between good and evil. You can know whether something's right or wrong. And even when it's a gray area, you, you still know it's not right. And so many Christians don't know. And they say, well, is it wrong to do that? Is it wrong to do that? Or this? They're always looking for a way for somebody to come along and say, no, it's okay to go ahead and do it. You know in your heart by the Spirit of God, if it's doubtful and you know you don't think it's right, it's not right. It's better to be on, err on the side of caution and, and not do it and go against what you know to be right. And we need our senses exercised. They need to be tested and developed in order for us to be full-grown, mature Christians. It reminds me of the choir. On the, in the choir, we sing every Monday and every Wednesday for about an hour to an hour and a half each time. And it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of practice. And as we practice, we perfect the songs. And as we perfect the songs, then we can perform the song. But it's not just looking at the words and then going up and singing. We memorize the words. It takes a lot of hard work. We practice the tunes over and over. We listen to them. Hard work. And that's what growing to maturity is all about in the Christian life. It doesn't just come. You have to learn. You have to grow. You have to work hard at it. And then God will develop our senses so we can discern between good and evil. The Holy Spirit will awaken us and take our attention onto Christ. There's a verse in Ezekiel that says in 40, Ezekiel 44:23. It says this words, and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. You know, discernment is a lost art today. Very few people, very few believers have discernment. Discernment is not just knowing something. It's seeing beyond that. It's seeing into the person and being able to see, is that person telling me the truth or not? Are they being honest? Are they really Come and clean on this. And one thing I can say about Adel and Sylvia too over the years, not only do they know the word, but they have discernment. 
and they can talk to somebody and they can know where they're at spiritually. They can know whether they're saved or not. They can know how far they've come. And that is a great, great blessing to have discernment. I don't have that kind of discernment. They've got more discernment in their little pinky than I have in my whole body. And I thank God for them. They can counsel people. You don't know how hard they work at that and how their home is open and how they open their hearts to counsel people. And they come with various different kinds of problems. Small problems, medium-sized problems, and big, huge problems. And Adel and Sylvia never turned it away. They handle them. And they have discernment. And we thank God for them. But you know what the Lord Jesus said to his disciples? He said, after a, per, after a disciple is fully trained, he shall be like his teacher. And that's our goal, is to be like Christ. And to be like Adel and Sylvia, who are followers of Christ. And may the Lord give us this kind of maturity in our lives. So as we conclude this morning, let's remember our three points eat. Number one is to evaluate where we're at with the Lord. Sometimes we don't want to evaluate because it might not give a good impression to us. But we have to do it. Evaluate where we are with the Lord. And no matter if you're a young believer, an older believer, mature believer, we can be more mature and we can grow more. We should never be content to stay at a certain level and say, well, I've made it to this plateau. I'm going to stay there. No. Go to the next level. That's what he wants us to do. Go to the next level. But we have to evaluate where we are right now. If it's bad, if it's low, we can go higher. If it's up higher, we can go even higher. May the Lord help us. Secondly is to apply the principles of the word of God to our lives. That's the hardest thing because you can't just read the word. You've got to apply it and say, this applies to me. I have to obey this. I have to change my way of living. I can't treat my neighbor that way. I can't be this way at work. I can't treat my kids this way. I can't speak to my husband or wife this way. To apply the principles of God's word. And then finally the T then, once you've done that, we can teach others what the Lord has taught us. And someone has said, you can only take a person as far as you have gone yourself. You can't take a person beyond that. So if you are a mentor and you're mentoring somebody, you're going to take that person to where you're at. Doesn't that challenge you to be, go higher and become more like Christ? Because then you can take that person further and further with the Lord. So may the Lord challenge our hearts this morning to be spiritual Christians to be mature Christians and then God can use us to touch many people's lives. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Lord, all of us are humbled this morning, dear Father, that we don't know what all we should know from your word. Lord, there's many times that we could read more and study more and we have things we allow it to come up. Help us not to do that, Lord. Help us to be men and women of prayer. Help us to be spiritually mature Christians, Lord, so that when devastating circumstances come or something happens in our lives, we don't fall apart, we don't go down on the floor. Help us to move forward, to press on in your strength, to be mature, to grow, and to be the Christians you want us to be. Lord, we want to thank you for saving us. And if there's anyone here this morning who's not saved, may they not leave the doors this morning, through the doors, without accepting you, Lord Jesus, as their Lord and Savior, so that they can go on to be mature, godly Christians, and live the life that you have for them. Lord, please dismiss us with your blessing and help us to go forward and to feed on the meat of your word today and through every day of our lives to spend time with you, Lord, to fellowship with you and with one another. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.